Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Josh Hall from the Get Level Podcast Network. I'm really excited to be uh, presenting this new podcast uh, campaign that's coming out during the month of July. Uh, this campaign is presented by Big Brothers Big Sisters of East Central Ohio. So I've got two members of the staff here today to really talk about the program. We're going to go into some details, a little overview, let everybody know what's going on. But before we do that, uh, we really want to thank Republic State Mortgage for sponsoring the podcast this month. Um, Republic State Mortgage builds relationships one home at a time. Uh, they lend you money so that you can invest in the real estate market. Uh, they're located over at 1234th Street, 123 4th Street Southwest in New Philadelphia. Uh, they specialize in FHA, USDA, VA, and in conventional loans, and they're your local lending experts. So they love their face-to-face -face applications, but with the current conditions, they also give their borrowers the option to apply online. So check them out. They're at um, republicstatemortgage.com and uh, the M NMLS number. I knew I was going to stumble that. <laughs> NMLS number is 62411. So thanks again to Republic State Mortgage. All right, so... Two staff members here from Big Brothers Big Sisters. I've got Beverly Pierch, got that right, and Monique Duke. Welcome, guys. Thanks Thank for you. Us. Yeah, Thanks absolutely. For us. Well, real quick, why don't we just um, go over? Well, maybe we'll start with Beverly. Kind of explain who you are, um, your history with the organization, kind of how you got started, sure, and uh, all that good stuff. I started at Big Brothers Big Sisters back in August of 2009, so that I'm coming up on my 11th year with the organization. Um, I was in my last semester of college when I got a phone call from a friend that had worked for the agency and asked if I was looking for a job. And of course, being a broke college student, <laughs> yes, I was looking for a job. So I turned in a resume and ended up getting the job, and I, I've just, I love the organization, and I've stayed there ever since. I've never left. Um, I started working with the school-based program, and I had some kids on a caseload for a school-based caseload, and then I started working in events for a while. So honestly, I've held pretty much every position within our office, and now I'm the president and CEO. That's awesome. So over a decade and just kind of got the feelers into every position and all that kind of stuff. That's right. That's great. That's great. Monique, how about you? Um, I actually just started with the organization on June 1st, so I'm pretty new with the company. June 1st. 2020. That's correct. Well, happy one month. Yes. <laughs> yeah. um, I just, I was looking for a change and I really love this organization and the mission that they stand for. And I'm excited to be here and to be a part of this. That's awesome. So what exactly do you do for the organization? Um, I am the development assistant. So I work in the development and um, kind of getting out in the community and getting people to be acclimated with our mission and... So kind of just spreading the word, huh? That's right. Cool. That's awesome. Well, um, I guess trying to think what's the best way to go about this, because we want to talk about the campaign. We want to talk about the organization. So I think we'll just stick to this. We'll, we'll go with the organization first, and then we'll, you know, kind of transition into what this campaign's all about. Um, so the, I guess if you had to say, what is the mission of Big Brothers Big Sisters? How would you, how would you explain that? Our mission is to create and support one-to-one -one mentoring relationships that ignite the power and promise of youth. All right. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I like the ignite part. 
that was part of our rebrand, and that is one of the words that we've added into our campaigns, as well as you know defending potential. And I really like the wording that they use now. So that it, I mean, it really sparks interest and mm-hmm. gets people to to wonder what are you doing over there at Big Brothers Big Sisters. So I, I think the wording is great. So you said it was part of your rebranding. When did when did that take place? It was last October where they completely changed everything that we looked like. Our mission changed, our taglines changed, our colors changed. Um, prior, I don't know if you remember, we had purple logo yep. and there was like the the little boy and the, the, the adult that was with them. And they did some research on that and found out that a lot of people thought that we served children that were younger than what we actually do. And the, the purple colors attracted more women than men. And one of our main problems is attracting male mentors for all the waiting littles that are boys on our waiting list. So they repositioned, rebranded, changed our colors to these green and uh, black colors. And it's a lot more vibrant and, and appealing for sure. That's so funny. Because I'm like a marketing guy, right? So I remember the old branding. And I remember going, the first time I went to the Big Brothers Big Sisters website, just to check you guys out and see some things. And I saw the new, like, the the black and the green, that new logo. And I'm like, am I on the right site? <laughs> <laughs> it's really cool. But, it, I mean, the research paid off I think uh, they made the right choice because it definitely did what they wanted like I'm a, I'm a male and I went right to it and was like wow this is cool I like it that's awesome so. we love hearing that <laughs> <laughs> so kudos you guys did a good job <laughs> <laughs> all right so well let's move into uh, defend potential because you guys you, you mentioned that so right. why don't you uh, expand that's, on that that's part definitely a bit. one of our taglines mm-hmm. and we believe that inherent in every child is potential it's not something that you have to create with kids it's something that we need to defend you know and I, I really believe that the children they are definitely the future of our community and we need to make sure that we are investing our time and our energy in those kids I like that I like yeah. that because yeah because everybody has potential everybody has you know yeah I, I don't I'm think, trying to think of a better word than potential but <laughs> Yeah, defend it. That's really cool. Right. That's really cool. So what what are the programs that the organization has? We have two main programs. Um, The first one is our community-based program. And within that program, you have to be 18 years or older to be a mentor. Um, And then we pair them up with children in the community. And we pair them with kids between the ages of 7 and 18. Uh, when they're matched in the program then for the community base, they get to go out on outings and they really set up what they want to do. So we try to pair them based on interests and personalities and what some of the needs are for the kids to make sure that the mentor can meet those needs. So a lot of times since they have those similar personalities and some of those similar interests, if we have a little boy that really likes basketball, we'll put him with somebody that likes sports and they start bonding and getting a relationship based off of those similar interests. And it's really cool to see whenever they learn something new together. I know we have a lot of bigs out there that'll tell you that they learn just as much from their little as their little learns from them. I believe that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Kids are, uh, they're inspiring. They are. Absolutely. Without trying to be too. That's, that's the cool thing. They just, they just are. And we also have a school-based program. And with that, it it takes place in the school setting. So that is a seasonal program. We open it up at the beginning of the school year. And then they're paired with a child throughout the school year. And those happen at designated times. A lot of our mentors in our school-based program are high schoolers. 
So we are always looking for additional high schoolers to pair up in the school-based programs. But we have adults that do the the school-based program as well. I'm a school-based mentor, and it's one of the highlights of my week whenever I get to get up from my desk and go and see my little brother for a little bit. It's a lot of fun. During those programs, we have activities that we do with each of them every single week, and it's based off of a curriculum that we're trying to enhance their developmental assets. So each month there's a different topic, whether it's improving self-confidence or healthy living skills, and we bring in other partners from our community that help with some of those lessons. We've had Be Yoga Studios in there, and they do yoga lessons with them. The Anti-Drug Coalition has come in and talked about um, prevention programs and staying away from drugs and making healthy choices. We also partner with the Board of DD, and they bring in groups that talk about um, how everybody, you know, even though they're different, that we can all have our differences and still be friends and friendly to others. So it's really insightful to have some of the other people come in and give some other lessons. We do financial planning with Directions Credit Union. There are a lot of great partnerships within that curriculum that promotes enhancing these assets for the kids. Once they're finished with their activity, we always bring bags of games and goodies and they have snacks and play together and usually get some of their homework done. And it, it's really a fun time. That sounds awesome. Yeah. So how, how many kids does the organization serve? Last year was a record-breaking year. In 2019, we had 400 children that were served with a mentor within that year. Um, we're only halfway through this year, so at this point we've served 272 children in 2020, but we always see a big influx of enrollment that comes at the beginning of the school year, so those numbers will rise drastically as soon as school starts, provided school starts back up. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I was just listening to the press conference earlier about all that goodness. So, um, yeah, so when you say when you say serve, you know, kids that you've served, is that kids that you've matched or kids that are That's enrolled kids that in have the been program? Matched. Okay. They don't count as a child that has served until they've been matched with a mentor. Okay. So how many kids do you have in the program? Do you like on the waiting, is that what you call it, the waiting list? We have a waiting list for our community-based program. Our wait list consists of, um, right now we have 26 littles. Okay. And 18 of them are from Tuscarawas County and eight of them are from Carroll County. And it's a mix of boys and girls of all ages. Right now, we're really heavy on waiting little boys. So we definitely need some more male mentors. Out of those 26 kids, 22 of them are little boys. And oh, they're, okay. Yeah, they're, they're ranging in ages right now between 7 and 16. I, I mentioned in the community-based program, we serve children clear up till they're 18. But when we're enrolling kids for community-based, once, if they're over 14 years old, we don't enroll past that point. And the reason is a lot of times mentors will come in and they're looking for a little kid. And once these kids are 15, 16 years old, you enroll them in the program and you get their hopes up that they're going to have a mentor in their corner and then they never get matched. And there's been research that shows that a child that has never been matched but told they were going to get a big is worse off than a child that was never in the program at all. So at 14, we stop the enrollment process so that we can mitigate that a little bit and try not to have these older kids that are getting involved, and then we let them down and don't get them a mentor. Mm, yeah, you know, I hadn't really thought about that, but that, that would be kind of devastating to a kid. So that's got to break your heart, huh? It does. Yeah. I wish I could be a big to every one of them. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so the kids that are in the program, like how do they – 
how do they get enrolled? Where do they come from? We get a lot of referrals, and honestly, our main source of referrals comes from parents and guardians that have heard about the program through word of mouth and advertisements that have just decided, you know, my kid could really use an extra role model. And, you know, I would tell any parent out there, your kid is going to find a role model. Do you know who that is? And is it somebody that you want being a role model to your child? I'm glad you said that because I was actually, that was one of the questions that just came up in my head was like, I think there might be this misconception sometimes that, you know, Big Brothers, Big Sisters is this program for kids that have a single parent or something of that nature. But it's not just for those kind of kids. It's for every kid, right? Absolutely. I think there is a misconception sometimes with people and they think that there's a negative stigma for kids Mm -hmm. that are in our program. And that's absolutely not true. I mean, our kids come from all different walks of lives and backgrounds. We have two-parent households. We have single parents that are just mom or just dad. We have grandparents, aunts, and uncles that are raising kids. And, you know, every kid could use a good role model. And as a parent, I know I can talk to my kids all the time and tell them all the things that I want them to, to listen to and learn. But coming from me is different than coming from somebody else that they respect. Yeah, that's true. And, I mean, kids will... Kids need as many role models, good role models as they can get. Absolutely. So, yeah, there's never, you can never have too many of those. Some of our other referrals do, we get a lot from the schools as well, especially for our school-based program. And then some of those school-based kids do transition into the community-based program. But the schools are very good about giving us referrals, as well as counseling agencies around the area that have had some kids that have some needs and can see the benefit of having a role model. So we we get a lot of different referrals from different sources, but absolutely parents and guardians is our number one referral source. Well, that's good, though, that the schools, you know, they definitely see the value in the program and the benefits and, and right. all that. So. And with our program, we don't enroll kids that don't want a big. So you don't have to worry about, am I going to be paired with a kid that doesn't even want in the program oh, or doesn't point. want a big? Yeah. It, the parents are great with them being in the program and so is the child that's part of our enrollment process we talk with the kids about whether or not they're wanting in the program and we don't force it on any child okay so so if you're listening and and you've maybe been tossing around whether or not you want to become a big and I I guess I hadn't thought about that either that if they're enrolled in the program obviously the parents have signed off on it they they're okay with it they want this and so does the kid absolutely okay good that's that is awesome So let's talk about this campaign we're doing, or I should say you guys are doing in July. Sounds great. So uh, go ahead. Why don't you tell everybody what it's called? Because I love the name. I really do. So we've decided to call it Match Madness, and we're running the campaign through the month of July. Um, It's a recruitment campaign, and it's really because we did have, we have 26 waiting littles like we talked about, and we really wanted to get as many of those matched as possible in the month of July. So we decided to come up with the catchy phrase, Match Madness. And um, we're looking to match at least 10 of our littles and get them off of our waiting list and find their match for them. I love that. I love Match Madness just because we all got we all had to miss March Madness this year. Absolutely. Right. <laughs> so Match Madness in July. Yeah. Everybody get on board. Let's do this. Yeah. And it's these. kind of, you know, and that's kind of the thing. Like we were thinking, like, especially with isolation and everything going on with COVID, like these kids need the relationship now more than ever. They've been isolated in their homes and being around, you know, their family a, a lot. And maybe they need an outside perspective and they really need these relationships right now. So we've really committed to trying to get 10, peop- 10 of our littles matched and off of the waiting list. That's awesome. So, all right, well, you mentioned COVID. So this whole situation, this whole crisis that we're dealing with, how has this impacted uh, Big Brothers, Big Sisters as an organization? 
As an organization, um, obviously our office had to close down, but we knew how important it was for these kids to still stay connected. So instantly, as soon as school-based programs were closed down, we started developing different ways that we could still keep them connected with their bigs. So we started a pen pal program, and the mentors started writing letters to all of their littles that they couldn't see. And for our community-based program, because the screening's a little bit different, they were allowed to meet virtually. So we had kids that were Skyping and FaceTiming and playing virtual games with their bigs. <laughs> As a staff, we stayed connected with every single family and handed out resource lists of all of the different resources that were available to our community. We volunteered at a lot of local food banks so that we could help with supplying some of these families with food. And as a staff, we visited every single Littles home and took them a goodie bag. It had school supplies in it, a little note letting them know that we were thinking about them, gave them hygiene products and hand soaps and sanitizers and just some little cool activities that they could do to, to keep busy at home, essentially, and to know that we were still thinking about them even though we weren't seeing them in person. That's sweet. It sounds like you guys just kind of sprung into action on that then, huh? Because nobody had, had a plan in place for COVID. I mean, we didn't know this was going to happen. So right. being able to really come up with things on the fly like that and show that you're still there, you're still supporting them and you're thinking of them and have them number one, like that's, that's really cool. And we're still planning. I mean, with the unknowns of what school is going to look like in the fall, we don't know if we're going to be able to have in-person meetings at the schools. So we're developing models of in-person mentoring and virtual mentoring and hybrid models and trying to get in, you know, in the know-how about what softwares are out there and what ones are safe for kids. And we've really been looking into child safety and internet safety, and we're going to be adding that into a lot of our safety pieces for our kids and for our mentors. So we are constantly thinking and we're going to, you know, be on our feet through this and make sure no matter what happens, we will be there for those kids. That's great. That's really great. And I know um, hopefully everybody listening had a chance to watch the promo video before this came out, but I know you guys mentioned in that video that there was a decrease in applications during this uh, three month, well, I guess, yeah, the three month crisis shutdown period. So absolutely. We, we typically have, you know, a handful of mentors that will come through within a month that we can start the enrollment process with. And from March through May, I mean, those numbers just drastically dropped. So we knew we had to come up with some sort of a campaign to get our name out there so people remembered that we're still there and these kids are still waiting so that we could get these kids matched. Yeah, I mean, I think for a lot of the adults that are listening to this, you know, in the community, it's been tough. You know, the whole shutdown has been tough on everybody, but... It's really been tough on the kids and I don't have kids of my own, but I have friends with little, you know, little ones at home and everything. And it's just, I can't imagine being a kid and all of a sudden schools no more. I mean, at the time you're like, yeah, no more school. This is awesome. <laughs> that lasts about a week. Right. And it's like, oh, this kind of sucks. I want to see my friends. I want to, you know, you kind of, I'm bored. Absolutely. How, much, how many video games can you play? <laughs> <laughs> so I have three kids at home and my oldest is a teenager. So of course he was in that boat of, yeah, I'm, I'm glad I'm not in school now. And that definitely stopped very quickly. And he realized how much he did like school and missed his friends and missed his teachers and missed having instruction in person. So I, I think you're absolutely right. Uh, sometimes we forget about what the kids are experiencing whenever it comes to a pandemic like this and a crisis, but I know they're feeling it and taking a hit too. 
Yeah, we uh, we had an episode of the Anti Drug Coalition podcast. That they uh, they brought in three seniors, local seniors, mm-hmm. and you know they had already graduated at that point, and they had to miss that whole whatever last two or three months of their senior year. And just listening to them talk about it, I was like, these kids really did miss out on a lot of things that I kind of took for granted. I guess right. looking back, I'm like, well, I really, I would not have liked to have missed that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So there's probably a lot of. Um, mental health things that uh, kids are dealing with that, you know, just that added role model could be huge. Absolutely. Make all the difference. So that takes us back to the campaign. That's what we're doing, right? So (laughs) that's right. (laughs) So anybody who's following along with us and listening to this podcast with the campaign throughout this month, what can they expect to see out of this? So what we will be having on the podcast, so we're going to have like some of our waiting littles come on and some interviews with waiting littles so you can hear their sides and how Ooh, eager they go. are to find a match finally and kind of just see the different um, diversity in the kids and what they're looking for and how eager they are. Um, we're also looking um, to bring on some of the already bigs that are with the program and have the bigs do some talking about like how it's affected them and what they've really gotten out of you know being a mentor in our program as long as with some matches, like I think we're going to try to get some matches on so you can see the relationships that are built and how they function and, you know, their interaction, I think will be really cool for people to see. Because it's hard to imagine like exactly what a mentoring relationship is. Mm-hmm. So it'd be nice to be able to see them work together. Um, and then as far as I think we're, we've talked about it, I think we're going to try to on the podcast, get some um, feedback on like where we're at, like how many matches and some updates. So they know like where we're at in the campaign and what we're doing and how many matches we've made thus far. Um, and that's, and we're going to kind of have it on Facebook too. So they can always visit us on Facebook to watch for some updates there as well. That's awesome. Well, what we'll do is we'll also post these podcast videos on Facebook, Facebook too. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Just yeah. make sure everybody can tune in and check out what's going on throughout this campaign. Absolutely. The more outlets out there, the more people that see it. Yeah. And that's, I like that you're going to have some matches come in together because it kind of goes back to what you were saying earlier, Beverly, about what, you know, obviously we can all kind of imagine since we're the adults, what kind of impact we might be able to have on it on a little, but now, now you'll get to hear what kind of impact the little's having on that big. Yes. Absolutely. So that'll be really cool. I'm excited to hear that. Those are some fun stories. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> it's so fun to watch them interact and, you know, and see yeah. how their relationship is built over time. So cool. So cool. Um, okay. So let's talk about uh, sponsorships as far as, you know, each. So each match, let me get this right. Each match needs a sponsorship correct or that's what we're looking for is to find some sponsors for each of the matches that we make this month um when we make a match in our programs and we support them it costs the agency roughly about twelve hundred dollars per child for the whole year oh wow and a lot of that it has to do with you know our screening processes and ensuring child safety so we have a lot of background checks that we pay for and of course insurances that we pay for to make sure that everybody's safe and you know, all the staff time that goes into it. There's a lot of match support. When you get matched with a little, you don't just get thrown a little and say, here you go. <laughs> <laughs> we have mentoring specialists that are there to walk beside you the, every step of the way. So they will call you every single month to find out what is it that you guys are doing? What are some things that you're seeing develop? Is there anything that you're struggling with? And they give them a lot of words of advice and wisdom Um, They talk with the little every month, they talk with the parent every month, and they talk with the mentor every month, and they're constantly giving referrals and advice. Um, When these kids are matched in our program, 
during the enrollment process, we really get to know the, the child as well as the family and the dynamics there so that we can find out how to best serve the child. And once they're through that enrollment process, we develop a, what's called a youth outcome development plan. And within that plan, there are certain areas that this child may need a little bit help with self-confidence or maybe their reading ability isn't so well. So some reading could be put in there. And those mentoring specialists are constantly following up with the mentors and the littles and the parents based off of that plan to see, are we having any improvements in these areas? And if not, what can we do to help you in guiding you with activities or advice to help you help that child step in the right direction? So it's very intentional. Okay. So, so whenever you become a big, you're not you're not just getting a little, you're getting like a whole support community Absolutely. with it. So that's really cool. And it's good to hear that there's that, that I didn't realize there was so much planning involved. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really neat that, you know, you're kind of given like a, an instruction booklet almost like here, here's the things, here's the goals. Um, Absolutely. That way you're just not trying to figure things out from <laughs> right? scratch. Every mentor that comes through goes through an orientation process. They go through the enrollment process. And then we also go through mentor training. So we teach them different ways to connect with kids and to be great mentors. We teach them about child safety and the importance of understanding and recognizing different um, factors that could come into play. And we make sure that they're really given a lot of information prior to making the commitment so that they feel like they've been supported and understand exactly what their role is as a mentor whenever they're getting paired with a child. Cool. Cool. So, so I have, I have a note here that says about somebody adopting a match. Are you talking about if somebody decides they're going to sponsor yes. a match? Okay. Yes. All right. I just want to make sure I understand the, the lingo here. Um, so when somebody does adopt a match, what sort of recognition do they get or, you know, how do they get their name out there as well? Because I'm sure people are, you know, curious. So there are different levels that we're looking for. Um, we have like a sponsorship menu that you can visit our website and be able to see all that. Um, so there's a $1,200 is the top amount that we are looking for. That is actually sponsoring for a full year and it'll cover the match. So you will actually, we will post match updates monthly on our Facebook page. And with the picture of the match, the company or person who sponsored or adopted the match will have their logo across the bottom okay and be tagged in the post so they get some social media exposure that way um, also we have an annual gala every year and they will receive two free tickets to our annual gala so that gets them involved in our organization and it's something that a lot of the a lot of our companies are already doing that so we thought that that would be a good incentive um, there's also a $600 which would support the match for six months and with that they get some the similar except for they get it for six months so they get six months of updates on the social media with their name tagged on it um, and something I didn't mention before is we are going to have a um, partner tab on our page so their logo and a little bit about their company will be put on our website as well oh nice yep nice and then we are doing three months as well just so the $300 mark can be met and that makes it a little bit easier with that one they will be tagged in each social media post um, on Facebook for three months that they've sponsored the match Um, and then their their name will be listed on our website as well Um, We do take donations of any sort. So if you do just want to donate a little bit um, at our website, you are able to donate any amount. And you can also visit our office as well um, to do any kind of donations to support the organization. That's awesome. So that that gala, is that, I was just kind of looking at the website the other day. Is that at the tool shed? Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. I love that building. That's so nice. I do too. It's beautiful (laughs) out there. (laughs) Yeah. It's actually where my wedding reception was. Ah. Good place. Good place. 
Um, so let's talk a little bit about the waiting littles. I know we kind of already went into the numbers um, about this campaign and, you know, the, you know, where they're from, how, you know, how many are from each county, boys, girls, all that kind of stuff. But I mean, how, how long are kids typically on this waiting list? Because we talked about what kind of impact that can have on a kid to be on this waiting list. You get your hopes up, you're all excited about having a big, and then you wait, and you wait. So what, what, what's like wait the average? Wait. It's hard to say an average, and that's because we match mentors based on compatibility with the child. So when we have a mentor that walks through the door, that doesn't mean that they automatically are going to be matched with the kid that's been waiting the longest, because we want to make sure that this match is beneficial you know, to the family, to the child, and to the mentor. So we don't want to match them with a child that's not going to work well with their personality or do not have similar interests. Um, so sometimes we get some kids that come in and right away we get a mentor that's like, oh, wow, this sounds just like what the child's looking for. We're going to pair them up and they get matched relatively quickly, you know, within a, a couple of months. Other kids can wait up to a year. And we have one little on our, in our program right now that's been waiting for five years for a big. Oh my gosh. How, and how old is that little now? He would be upper middle school age. Okay. Wow. Five just when you're that age, when you're that young, five years is a huge amount of time in Absolutely. a kid's life. Wow. Okay. We try to keep these kids engaged so that they have something to do whenever they're waiting. So um, we've got a couple of different things. We partnered with NewsyMom.com, and they started a pen pal program where a lot of their writers for Newsy Mom will write letters to our littles that are waiting on a mentor. So they, they get letters sent from them, and we do activities throughout the year that we invite our waiting littles to come to oh, so that we cool. can still see them, still engage them. Um, all of the kids in our program are also offered the opportunity to go to camp in the summer. So even if they're not matched in the program and they're still waiting on a big, we send them to different camps across the summer so that they get that involvement and engagement with other kids. So we, we try to make sure that at least we're engaging with them and making sure that they're staying you know, acclimated with the program and, and don't lose sight that we are still looking for a mentor for them. We, we know every little that's out there, and we've not forgotten one of them. <laughs> yeah, I can tell. I mean, I see it in your face. <laughs> that, that, yeah, you care so much about these kids. So uh, everybody listening, let's get these kids off the waiting list. Yeah, yes. That's what this is all about. This that's is right. match madness. <laughs> <laughs> so can you? let's kind of wrap things up here on this first episode. Can you tell me about one of the, one of the waiting littles right now? Just give me a, you know, a little sure. information. Uh, one that comes to mind, which you guys are going to meet here in one of the next podcasts, his name's Trey, and he's a little guy that's from northern Tuscarawas County. He's seven years old right now. Um, he's going to be going into the third grade, and he lives at home with his mom and his dad. He's got three brothers and a sister in their family, so it's definitely a big family. And all the rest of his siblings have been matched, and he's the newest in the program, and he's really excited to get a big, just like his brothers and sisters have. Um, he really likes school and thinks it's important. He said that he would like his mentor to help him with reading, his goal is to become a football player whenever he grows up, and his main interests are sports and, of course, video games. <laughs> <laughs> well, he sounds like a lot of fun. He is, and he, he's so sensitive and sweet. I, I just love him. I love all of them. <laughs> <laughs> so he's going to be on one of the shows here. He is. That's, oh, that's You'll awesome. You'll get to see him and meet him. Great. Well, I'm excited to hear from him. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, this was a great um, overview of the of the program of the campaign for the month of July. Uh, so we're going to do two episodes a week throughout July. Uh, like you said, we're going to update people as the campaign goes along. Make sure everybody knows uh, what's going on. Is there anything else you guys want to add before we close the first episode? I just want to thank you for having us on here and helping us spread the word for this very, very important mission. And I also want to thank Dan and Ruth Long from Republic State Mortgage for sponsoring all of these podcasts to make sure that our word got out there. That's awesome. Anything else, Monique? No, I'm just really excited to um, get this kicked off and hoping to get as many littles off our waiting list as possible. Okay, sweet. Well, let's let's do it. Let's do let's it. Let's do it. So that's a wrap for the first episode. Stay tuned. Uh, I don't know if it'll be the very next episode or the second one after this, but we are going to have the waiting little that you just mentioned on here. So that'll be a lot of fun. So stay tuned. Check that out. And uh, yeah, just help us through this campaign. Match Madness, July. Big brothers, big sisters. Thanks a lot for coming in, you guys. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you.